Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show. The show that is so bad, even global warming in the dog days of summer can't make this show hotter. Now, I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe smoking broadcast. And I am your host, Brian Levine, coming to you on the end of August is finally over. Uh, It did seem to go a little slow, though. But uh, anyway, on uh, this week's episode of the Pipes Magazine radio show, we'll finish off the uh, uh, Pipe Parts 101 Revisited. We'll talk about the stem of the pipe. And then my guest is uh, Instagrammer and uh, fellow podcaster Jay Furman, who I finally get to get to have on my show and turn the tables on him a little bit, so you get to hear that. Um, music, because of what I'm doing tonight when the show goes out, mailbag and rant, all that coming up on this week's episode of the Pipes Magazine radio show. And uh, yeah, so uh, thankfully, um, you know, summer seems to be uh, dragging a little bit longer. So uh, right after this show, right after I'm done recording this show, I'll be opening up another tin of McCraney's Red Ribbon because, yeah, it looks like I'll have plenty of time to get uh, get another uh, three weeks of breakfast morning bowls of McCraney's Red Ribbon in. And, uh, you know, then by... Maybe by that, by the end of September, the humidity will uh, die down a little bit, and I won't be able to do my breakfast bowls with with the Virginias. But hey, listen, if that happens, I can always crack open one of the other tins of Virginias that I have, and uh, yeah, that'll be my my two tins of red ribbon for the summer, and uh, two other tins of Virginias, and then yeah, hopefully here in the Carolinas by the end of September, the weather will start to turn, and we'll start to get some. Uh, get some lower humidity mornings and yeah, you know, start to be able to open up the windows again. Cause uh, you know, we've just been hot and humid um, just a standard summer here. So nothing special, nothing outrageous, but yeah, you know, seasons change and uh, my tobacco has to change. So, all right, let's get the show rolling. So everybody sit back, relax, fire up a bowl. Thank you all for tuning in. And here we go. Houston, we have a problem. We copy. State the nature of your emergency, please. Houston, we're out of pipe tobacco up here. We copy. Stand by. The flight director recommends visiting tinbids.com, the pipe collector's auction site. You copy? Roger, Houston. Stand by. We're looking into it. Okay, we're on tin bids now. They have vintage and hard-to-find tobaccos, pipes, and accessories. Is that correct? That's affirmative. That's tinbids.com. Okay, Houston, we've secured our tobacco. Now, how do we get it up here? Um, stand by. We're working on a solution. Visit TinBids.com, the pipe collector's auction site, and sign up for free today. We have liftoff. Missouri Meerschaum Company has been continuously handcrafting authentic corncob pipes in the USA for over 150 years. They carry over 55 styles of cool smoking corncob pipes, colonial area clay pipes, and affordable hardwood pipes. From exciting new pipe and tobacco releases to accessories and more, Missouri Meerschaum Company is a must-see at www.corncobpipe.com. Missouri Meerschaum Company, authentically original, 
Authentically You. And we are back and we are talking Pipe Smoking 101 Revisited, the final uh, parts of the pipe. And this time we're talking about the part that is um, probably the most important to me, and that is the stem. Now, the stem is the, just for the basics, the stem is the part that goes in your mouth. All right. It's attached possibly to the tenon that we talked about uh, last time in the tenon mortise. Uh, just to recap, the tenon is the piece that goes into the mortise and then it also goes into the stem. Sometimes it's fitted for a six millimeter or nine millimeter filter or a special filter. Uh, but that, and sometimes there isn't a tenon, it's just a piece of the stem that comes out. But in most cases, the tenon's a separate piece. Now, the tenon goes into the stem, the stem holds the tenon, and the stem has a draft hole going through the middle. Uh, the parts of the stem are very simple. It's the stem, and then the very end of it, I call it the button, or the lip. But I prefer to call it the button. And the button will have the raised... The, the button is the raised lips that you can clench or hold on to. All right. So the stem can be made of currently there are three basic materials that most pipe manufacturers use. Uh, you'll find acrylic, which is a, uh, a hard plastic. You will find vulcanite, which is a soft rubber. Think, uh, think of what tires are made out of. And then you'll find a hybrid in between called ebonite. And without getting into the details of all the different materials, uh, the, in, in terms of quality, the vulcanite is a lower priced item than the, than the acrylic is. And then the ebonite is more expensive above that. So, uh, you know, most pipes as it goes up in price, they get to, uh, they end up in ebonite. Uh, the only difference really for me is that acrylic is easier to clean but harder on the teeth. Uh, ebonite is uh, kind of a mix between the two. It's a little bit easier on the teeth and harder to and uh, and a little bit harder to keep clean than acrylic. And then there's vulcanite, which is very comfortable on the teeth and a lot harder to keep clean. So there you go. Now the shape of the stem itself uh, can be tapered where it comes, you know, smoothly down in a line, you know, in an even pattern from the, uh, from the shank to right behind the button, or it can be a, a saddle bit where it has a dramatic drop off. The ones I prefer are the saddles. If I had a preference or a very, uh, a very long and soft taper, because I want about uh, from the from the button back, I want that last half inch to be as flat as possible, and that's because I clench towards the back of my mouth, uh, and that's just a preference that I've developed over time. Uh, if you take a taper or a saddle bit, in some cases it may change the name of the shape. For example, a uh, a true Canadian has a tapered stem, and it does not have a uh, saddle bit. So a true Canadian will, will have a taper. If it doesn't, then it's not a true Canadian. It's probably a lumberman. Uh, same thing with a, uh, with a bulldog. It'll have a diamond shank that'll taper. And yeah, so you, so you get some variation in that shape. Um, 
inside, and this is partly motivated and perfect timing based off of a, an email that I got, um, inside the draft hole is going to be, in most cases, slightly smaller than the draft hole that's gone through the pipe. But in current day pipes, uh, in, the, in, the, in the better made pipes, that draft hole is going to go from round to into the last half inch of the stem. It's going to go to a slot or what will look like a, uh, it'll be, you know, it'll be flattened and widened out. So think of like a, uh, like the bell of a trumpet. Uh, it'll be flat, you know, it'll go from round to a flat wide slot. The reason that happens is so that when you get into the narrower part of the stem, you still have the same amount of airspace for the smoke to go through, but you're getting into a smaller area. So you need to take that, uh, the volume of that round space and flatten it out and widen it out. Uh, the other reason it's widened out is so that you don't get one stream of smoke, which may cause one spot on your mouth to get some tongue bite or, or rooftop burn or whatever. Yeah. You just want it. You want that smoke to go from a round hole to that slotted, uh, fluted or trumpeted looking area and have the smoke come out evenly across your mouth. All right. So that is something that you will see in, uh, more and more expensive or more detailed pipes is you'll see that that round hole going into a in, into that fanned out area sometimes what you'll see is just the round hole and then uh, you know like a quarter inch in the stem you'll see they just cut a slot so you can actually see the round hole uh, that's not the most premium way to do it but it's a still a nice way to do it um, other materials and historic materials you would have bone that was bone or horn that was used. Uh, in fact, I I've, I've seen a couple of recent horn stems on some newly made pipes, and uh, you'll you'll also see some pipe makers that will occasionally make a pipe with a briar stem, where instead of cutting a uh, cutting a separate stem for it, well, they just continue the briar out and shape it like a stem, so it doesn't have a separate stem or tenon and mortise. It's just one hole all the way through. Uh, personally, I have never smoked a, uh, briar stemmed pipe. Don't know what it would feel like, but, uh, I have smoked some horn stems. Um, not a big fan of them. Uh, they tend to, for me, they tend to, sometimes you get a little bit of that horn smell or taste when it starts to heat up. Uh, but then you also have some old Bakelite and amber stems that go way back in time. And those were just, you know, hard plastic style stems, which basically is what acrylic is. So there you go. There is the stem and uh, stems come in all different lengths and, uh, and shapes and styles. And, you know, sometimes you can even get a pipe with two stems, one short and one long. And yeah, that's just a, that's just different styles. So, that's the stem, and that wraps up uh, Pipe Smoking 101 Revisited on the Pipe. Soon we'll get into uh, Pipe Smoking 101 Revisited on Tobacco. All right, and in just a moment, my conversation with Jay Furman. This is Internet Radio. Hi, I'm Jeremy Reeves, head blunder of Cornell & Deal. We know pipe smoking is a personal journey. 
That's why our small team of blending and production experts take a personal approach in every step, preparing tobacco products just for you. We source top quality leaf through the personal connections we've made around the world, hand blend that leaf, and carefully package each tin. Each product, from special releases like our small batch line to our most popular mixtures like Autumn Evening, are made right here in South Carolina by professionals dedicated to providing the finest of smoking experiences. Lighting up a pipe is an exploration through evolving flavors, thoughts, memories, and even dreams. From our hands to yours, Cornell and Deal tobaccos are your passport for that voyage, provided by people who, like you, value the journey. We're back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, and joining me is one of my favorite people in the pipe world, one of my favorite people in pipe podcasting, somebody whose taste, well... Jay, I'm sorry to say it, but we like the same tobaccos. We like the same types of pipes. Uh, the only thing that's different than the us, you know, between the two of us, is I'm a little taller, and you're built like a brick shit house with all kinds of muscles, and you're exercised and trim and fit, and I'm not. So, uh, Jay Furman, welcome to the Pipes Magazine Radio Show. What's up, Mike? I I mean. Uh... Uh, <laughs> Brian, how are you? Oh, that's going to hurt. All right. Well, we'll get even for that one. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, let's get your superhero origin story. Um, we all know you started smoking a pipe as a, uh, as a youngster. Were you the same height then too? Uh, yeah. Okay, good. Nice. Yeah, to, I, nice I, to I, talk I, to you. I, I was born like this. Yeah. I was born like a brick shed house. <laughs> <laughs> now so when did you start smoking a pipe i know you were in your teens and and why did you do that because you're yeah, my, i was like 15 or 16 years old when i started yeah you're my age i mean why yeah. didn't, why well, weren't you I, I was i was i was smoking cigarettes you know without anybody knowing of course you know me and my friends and uh my father found the cigarettes and he wasn't mad that i was smoking cigarettes because he smoked cigarettes he was more mad that when it was raining out i sent it you know he had to go out and get them instead of uh me just giving him some, <laughs> you know? So, uh, we went to Wally Frank at Roosevelt field mall oh. who it went pipe shops were in the mall and, you know, bought my first pipe and everything else. My grandfather smoked a pipe and we would go every week and uh, pick up, you know, new, new tobaccos. Wow. So you had to, I mean, Wally Frank, I mean, that was, boy, that was the, that was the precursor of, I mean, that was the last real full service pipe and cigar shop chain. It was a it was a huge store too, yeah. in Roosevelt Field Mall. Which you know, keep in mind, this is probably early eighties, mm. mid eighties. Uh, I mean, it it took up a good two locations that are probably in the mall now. I mean, you walked in, you had an entire sitting room, you smoked inside. Yeah. And there was a giant, huge counter, probably 20, 30 feet long with all different jars of tobaccos on the walls, all the pipes and everything. It was a great place. We would go, we'd bring a chess set and hang out. And that was probably back in the days when the malls had park benches out in the main walkway and there was ashtrays on both sides. So you could sit out there and smoke too, if you wanted to. Oh, outside, inside. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, was it an automatic, uh, click for you at the pipe or did the, did the pipe take a little bit of time to, to catch on? Uh, no, you know what it is? It, it, I was around pipes 
all along before that, because like I said, my grandfather smoked a pipe, my father smoked a pipe. So it, it was always there. It was just a matter of when I was going to be able to get to get my own. Yeah. All right. So let, let's fast forward. You've been active in the pipe hobby all along. Uh, I would imagine there was a time when you were like in high school and college where you weren't really into the hobby side of it. But when do you think it really became the hobby for you and you got really interested in knowing pipe makers and aging tobaccos and all that stuff? No, I mean, it goes back quite a bit. I remember, I remember when we would drive down. My first artisan pipe was a Randy Wiley. Yeah. That uh, I had, you know, there was no internet. Uh, we were actually driving down to Florida. And when my father stopped in a tobacco shop somewhere in the Carolinas or Georgia, I can't remember. And we went in and I got a Randy Wiley pipe that he had uh, picked out. So, yeah, it went back that far. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, before the internet, and we're both old enough to know what it was to be before the internet. <laughs> you know, there wasn't, you didn't have the plethora of makers and the availability of these pieces. Right. So were you making phone calls to like tobacco shops out of state to try to get on their mailing list for, and you know, sending, sending letters out. Like I, I did that with Ewan Reese in the early nineties. Yeah. Oh, please yeah, add I, me to I, your catalog. I, yeah. I never thought about doing it, you know, because once I got my license at 16, I would just drive around every place, go into Manhattan, you know, and, and drive all over. But I remember when my father passed away, you know, he was never big on, you know, the, the, the home computer. Mm -hmm. So he actually had a mailing list from Four Noggins, and that's how he uh, picked out his tobaccos, and he would call up there, and they would send it to him. Matter of fact, after he passed... I'll give Four Noggins a little credit. After he passed away in 2013, I was going through his stuff, uh, and I I bagged it all up and brought it home. I didn't uh, I didn't actually go through his stuff for a couple of years after, and when I did, I found a bunch of his pipe stuff, and I found what was left of a one pound bag of Three Blind Moose. <laughs> so I had taken a picture of it and everything else with my father's you know little list of tobaccos, and Four Noggins actually sent me a pound of tobacco, uh, of Four of uh, Three Blind Moose. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. So, and let's jump forward. Uh, you've been on the Pipe and Tamper podcast. I guess you're calling it Pipe and Tamper 2.0 now for over two years. Um, how much? Did... No, no, no. Actually, the 2.0 is only since we've, we've cleaned it up. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there was, there was the, there was the rebirth with you on the show. Correct. Two years ago or so. Right. Um, how much did uh, how much does Mike Murphy pay you to come on and class up his act and make his show much better? I give him thirty nine cents a week. Oh, you have to pay him! Wow, I have to pay him. Wow, that's great. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I I refuse to give him enough to buy another tin of Sunset Harbor Flake. <laughs> well, he doesn't need any. He's only got uh he's got three he's got, he's got three and he doesn't smoke at all so <laughs> he doesn't smoke exactly yeah yeah see i know all your jokes because i listen to the show <laughs> occasionally i mean all the time um now what was it so so did did you meet mike somewhere or did you know mike? I've, I've never met mike in person we used to when when the chicago pipe show which was the first one i was going to go to in 19 was canceled or 20 uh was canceled for the um for the pandemic, Jeremiah Sandel created this Friday night pipe zoom for everybody to still hang out. And that's where I met Mike. And yeah, you know, we were going on there every Friday night and hang out, you know, 
West Coast guys would be six o'clock for the East Coast. It's nine p.m. And then yeah. when it goes to like you know one a.m., two a.m. in the morning, it's it, it's a long day. So uh, you know we would talk every now and then and hang out on there. And then he said, "Hey, Jay, wink, wink. You want to come on the podcast with me?" Well, no. He did. He had his uh, what was it called? Uh, his Patreon page yeah. at the time with it, and he. Asked me if I wanted to come on for a, a quick, you know, interview kind of thing. So I did. And uh, it was only on the Patreon section. Uh, and then a couple of months, you know, then he ended the podcast. You know, he already took a break from it, a hiatus. Right. And then he called me up one day and he said, listen, I'm thinking about bringing it back. But if I bring it back, I want to have a co-host. So I asked a couple of people if they're interested. I'm asking you. Uh, so if you want to do it, let me know. But I have a couple, but there's also a bunch of other feelers out there. So let me know as soon as you, you know, yeah. can. I thought about it and uh, I called him back two, three days later and I said, all right, fine, I'm in. We'll, we'll give it a shot. Then I asked him who else there was and he goes, nobody. If you weren't <laughs> going to do it, I wasn't, I wasn't starting it again. <laughs> he tried to bluff you on the, uh, on the road. He bluffed me. Yeah. yeah. And it worked. Yeah. So, so basically what you're saying is Mike was trying to find another Jewish guy in his mid-50s that smokes a lot of pipes to co-host with him, and I wasn't available. Correct. Yeah. But he, but he wanted somebody younger. He wanted somebody younger and with a much better body um, <laughs> and a better head of hair, too. I'm beginning to hate you more and well. But I can't because we, we, we can go over our hatred and love for each other later. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah, we can. We can go West Coast, East Coast, too. Um, that's uh, dude, you're south of me. I'm south of you now, but I grew up on the West Coast. So yeah, but you're not there now. No, not going back either. Sorry, Mike. You can have it all to yourself. Um, so what was the uh, what was the discussion like with with Mike? I mean, did you guys? settle on a format and then well you had to modify the format a little bit but no i mean we 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 decided we weren't going to edit would be no mm -hmm. editing we're just gonna just put it out there and that's it you know you you edit adam edits you know uh justin edits you know their pipe you know pipe pours and pals but we just wanted to be ourselves have a conversation and that's yeah. the end of it and that's what we did and you know my new york long island garbage man foul mouth came out quite often we had to <laughs> we had to put a you know mature you know warning on it and it was banned in some countries and you know and so that's how we did it <laughs> what happened was i was talking to somebody uh actually uh kaylee queen of cops mm -hmm. and uh talking to her and you know she let me know that it sounded sticky you, you know what i mean because that's not who i you know really am and and, and thinking about it, I was taking away from the information of the show as to what we were trying to actually give to people yeah. as opposed to just making it a, you know, a comedy hour. So I decided for one episode, I wasn't going to curse. I was going to make it informative. I wasn't going to curse. And, and let's see where it goes. I told Mike ahead of time and he was going to try and at the same time. And he did. And not for nothing the show sounded great it it portrayed exactly what i wanted you know i i don't want it to come off as as look and a lot of people did like the banter up and back in the comedy and 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 the cursing uh but it it took away 
from actually the knowledge that we were trying to give people or the information that we were trying to, you know, come across with. Uh, so it, it, we just decided, you know what, let's just do it the way we're supposed to, that, that we should do it. Like two gentlemen sitting in a, sitting in a restaurant. Exactly. Well, well all right. Two guys. Yeah. All right. One gentleman and Mike Murphy. All right. On that note, uh, we'll take a break right here. When we come back, we'll have more with Jay. So stay with us. We'll be back in just a minute. For over 150 years, Peterson has welcomed all pipe smokers. It's the preferred choice of the thinking man and the everyman alike, and our workshop too is a place of hospitality and warmth. Hi, I'm Glenn Whelan, and for me, Peterson is a family tradition I've known since my childhood. My dad, Tony Whelan Jr., worked at Peterson for 53 years and has been my home since 2003. From sweeping our factory on a Saturday morning, to managing our store, to now steering our international distribution, I've seen the craftsmanship poured into each Peterson pipe. It lives in Jason's discerning eye as he handcrafts our silver accents and in Wojciech's able hands as he carves our rustications. It abides in Willie's grading and in Warren's papering. Peterson has welcomed us as contributors to its legacy. And it's a welcome we always extend to you. Cade Mielefolge, 100,000 welcomes, wherever you come from, whosoever you be. are back on the pipes magazine radio show visiting with the pipe and tampers on jay Furman, and uh you know jay when you guys when when mike decided to make the transition i was actually i was actually relieved because every time i would hear mike do an interview with somebody i'd think well damn it why didn't i ask that question or you know wow he got such good answers out of people i was so jealous of his interview style Mike is great at oh, doing interviews. Just, I mean, oh, unbelievable. Yeah. I, I give him a lot of credit for that. Matter of fact, when I interview people for positions at, at my office, mm -hmm. I, I I take examples of the way that he pulled answers out of people from what I'm interviewing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just so if you if you go back into the back catalog of the pipe and tamper and you listen to the interview style stuff, it's great. And the. And, and the mixture of the two of you together just works. I mean, it, it works perfectly as a, as a, yeah, as, as more mature aged buddy show, which I kind of, right. yeah. And then that's the beauty of, of all the different pipe related podcasts out there is none of us are the same because we're all different styles and we're all different ages and, and, it, and it, and it's great. So the more, the merrier. So keep doing what you're doing. Thanks. Appreciate it. Uh, and if you ever dump Murphy, you know, let me know. Um, <laughs> I didn't say that, did I? Um, let's talk about you. You've gotten heavily into the artisan pipe movement. And at the same time now, you're going to pipe shows. So when you're looking at an artisan pipe maker for the first time, most of the time you're just seeing pictures on, on Instagram and online, right? Correct. So what are you looking for? What are you looking at? What is it that makes you decide, there's, all right, it's there, Jay Furman level? There, there's, you know, there's a huge array of quality mm. when it comes to artisan pipes. You know, the, the problem is you have a lot of newer pipe makers who may make a beautiful pipe, but nobody's ever heard of them. They have four pictures posted and they want 
four or five hundred dollars for a pipe. You know, if they had a website backing them with a hundred other pieces that they've made, totally different story. Uh, but sometimes that's not the case. And yeah, there are little things that I'll look for in a newer pipe maker. Look, if it's a new pipe maker that I've never had a, had any experience with, um, perfect example, uh, Tristan in France. Okay, so we were doing the commission episode. I had one commission set up with two pieces from one artisan maker here that I've never heard of. I gave him blindly rough estimate as to what I wanted, and I had stumbled across Pipe Tristan as well. So I really liked Tristan's work, and I liked Barker's pipes as well. Barker was the one here that I had commissioned the pieces from. He had ended up getting sick. Some things happened and everything else, and the pieces never came in. They didn't come in until like two months after we recorded. Uh, I still took them, and they were beautiful pieces. I've never heard of him before until, until then. Pipe Tristan, I never heard of either, but his prices were a little less, mm -hmm. and his work was a little more. I could see pictures of his work, and he's been current in his pictures. And I spoke to him a little bit because you know he had to use a translator and everything else. Uh, and I gave him three shapes that I wanted, same finish, same stem, just three different shapes. Made them, banged them out of the and they were beautiful. Barker's pipes were nice as well, just as nice. Uh, but that's the whole thing with commissions. I need to see their work, you know, in some way. If if they don't have a lot of uh, background or picture of their work, then, you know, the price has to equate to that. Okay. You, you can't show me two pictures and say, you know, it's $600. But if you show me two pictures and it's 250 I might be more likely to. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, look, there's a cost in material. There's a cost in time, and I understand that, and and I think that's fair. Have you ever gotten a pipe from a brand new pipe maker and just said, you know what, I, it, this just isn't going to work for me, and I got to send it back to you? Never. And have you gotten pipes from a brand new pipe maker and you smoked them and said, you know, maybe I need to, <laughs> maybe I need to do something to this or modify it or? I've never modified any pipe. Uh, you know, it's just not. That's, well, I did when I was younger, when I was 17, 18, I modified and, and I know Rich Essman's going to hear this and I know he's going to be pissed. It was a Savinelli autograph. I still have it. <laughs> and I tried modifying it. I screwed it up terribly. Uh, I've never done one again. <laughs> yeah. So you, you, you and I have the similar disease of if we, if we try to fix it, we're going to break it. Yes. Worse. So I've never ever done it again. Yeah. But yeah, I've have I have gotten pipes from uh newer makers or I, I've even gotten pipes from established makers that just didn't smoke as I had hoped. So what do you do at that point? Do you try to do do you work with the pipe to try to figure out all right what maybe it's a different tobacco or maybe a different packing technique or maybe a different Oh absolutely. Yeah. I'll go through everything with it and if none of that works I'll put it down, put it away, and I'll come back to it in six months or a year, whatever. It could be any number of things. And it, the more I try and fuss with it, the more I'm never going to get anywhere. Do you find out that you know maybe our, it's just not going to work, so maybe I've got to trade it off or, or sell it off? Or do you keep everything that you buy? I keep everything. I've never sold a pipe. Ever. So so not only are you a, you're a garbage collector, not a... 
I mean, a tra- <laughs> I mean, a, a pipe collector, not a pipe. Uh, I, well, I've never sold a pipe, uh, only because for me to sell a pipe, it means here's the thing. I have a lot of pipes. I mean, everybody knows my Instagram. I have a lot of pipes. Yeah. Um, I may not smoke them all, all the time, but every once in a while I'll wake up and there'll be one that I want to smoke and I'll sort through and look for it. I may not have smoked it in two or three years, but now I want to, if I sell it, it means, you know, I, I screwed up. If I give it away or gift it away to somebody and I've gifted pipes away to people, uh, then I'm okay with it. All right, I didn't if, do it for the money. If you are not following Jay on Instagram, the Instagram account is J-F-U-R-M-A-N-631. Uh, you've only got about 6,000 followers, so we'll see if you get like three more after this show goes out. Uh, I, I would appreciate that. Uh, well, you'll get one more right now because I'll follow you back. Although, <laughs> <laughs> although, to be honest with you, I'm not sure which account I'm logged in under right now because I've got so many screens open. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, know, I remember when Rich messaged me about that. <laughs> How many screens do I have? What am I doing? Um, are there are there things that uh, when you're looking through pipe maker stuff online or on the on Instagram, is there something that's an automatic turn off for you? Uh, yeah, you know what, metal adornments. Really, metal. You know, if they're done tastefully. Then it's one thing, but if it's done on like a like a cheap way, then I don't care for it. Uh, also, you, you know, I know there's a whole lot of people that love these pipes with the the bullet shells on them and and everything else, and uh, th- that's just not me. The same, and it's for the same reason I don't own an L Tang Basic. I can't get past the carbon fiber. Okay, yeah, I own the L Tang regular pokers. So I figure why get the basics. Right. You know, look, growing up, a pipe was something that you you took in the woods, you went camping, you went hiking, you hung out, you relaxed. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it was a a pipe to me has to evoke an emotion. You know, it, I don't always have to have something communication or, or a backstory with the pipe maker. Sometimes I'll just look at a piece and, and I can picture myself in a river fly fishing with it or, or sitting by a fire in a tent. And that's the pipe I need to have. Unfortunately, that happens a lot. (laughs) (laughs) And we won't talk about how many pipes you have, but... To be honest, I I don't even know. Yeah. Uh, Don't ask, don't tell. Um, You're you're getting ready uh, as as we're doing this, and this is going to come out pretty quick. Uh, We're six, seven weeks away from going to Vegas for the Las Vegas International Pipe Show where for the first time you will meet Mike Murphy face to face. Yes. I, I, I picture us coming in dressed as the blues brothers. Yeah. Yeah. That would work. Um, yeah, that would be perfect. Except one of you is going to have to fatten up. Um, although Jay might, <laughs> Mike might already be there. So <laughs> sorry, Mike, I got, I got Mike on a diet too. So <laughs> good for you. Yeah. I heard that too. Um, how are how are you getting prep? How do you prep for going to a pipe show? Uh, you know, the Chicago pipe show last year was my first one that mm-hmm. the first big show that I ever went to. Uh, and 
I mean, I, I was jonesing to go. I, I was so excited to go. I had no idea what I was going to pack or bring. I probably brought 30 pipes with me. Uh, I, I, I just didn't know what I want. My problem when I go away is that I don't know what I want to smoke for the moment. Right. So, you know, what if I wanted that pipe and now I don't have it? So I, I would bring those 30 pipes with me. So I'd have some type of selection for myself. When I went this past year to Chicago, I brought I don't know, maybe a dozen. Uh, for Chicago, for Vegas, it, it's, I, I don't know. I Look, I typically travel with about five pipes, six pipes, uh, whether it's for a weekend, you know, or, or whatever it is, a couple of four days, let's say four or five days, I'll bring five or six pipes. Uh, and I'll bring two higher end pipes, uh, not the ones that I can never replace in terms of they were done like, like the shell pipe or the iguana pipe, that, that kind of pipes that, that I, or, or club pipes from, you know, Israeli pipe club from 2008, whatever it is. Yeah. If I can't replace it, I'm not bringing it. Uh, but I'll bring two higher end pipes. I'll bring two workhorse pipes that I will smoke and chain smoke that I knew normally always do. Um, and then maybe two mid-range pipes that I enjoy smoking to just sit back and relax with. Do you have... Uh, so I've got two or three pipes that anytime I leave the house for... Even if it's just for the day, those two or three are the first ones to go in my bag because I know that they'll smoke for me no matter what the situation is. I know that I can put a bowl or two or three through each one in a day without them getting overworked. Do you have some of those pipes yeah. that you know? Oh, absolutely. Or, yeah. Yeah. So if you're leaving the house before you pack your your shirt and your skivvies and stuff, you know those. I I have them. I have those pipes in my bag. They never leave my bag. Okay. Those are those are my bag, and I'm leaving going going to work or going to the gym or or going somewhere else. Those pipes always come come with me. Do you do the same thing for tobaccos? Uh, I always have I always have a screw on me, mm -hmm. uh, and I'll always have. Uh, another blend of either something that was sent to me that I've been smoking to try and, you know, and an aromatic because, you know, I, I do enjoy aromatics. It's just a matter of time and place that I would enjoy it more. So if I want one, I have it. So I, I usually have three different tobaccos with me. All right. So for Vegas in particular, you're going to be there for four or five nights uh, how much in ounces of tobacco are you bringing for that length of trip? Four or five nights, and we're talking like full days of smoking. Yeah. So I, I could easily go through half a pound to three-quarters of a pound of tobacco. God bless you. I love you more. Oh. You know, here's the thing. I, I used to smoke cigarettes. I quit smoking cigarettes 10 years ago. When I quit, I was up to three packs a day. So... You know, I replaced that with pipes, but, you know, I get up, I, I rarely sleep to begin with, but, you know, before I leave for work, you know, I'll leave, I'll leave for six at 6 a.m. to go to the office. And I've probably already had two pipes by then. And then I'll have one in the car ride while I'm there. In the middle of the day, I'll step out of the office and have another one. Or depending on what's going on in the office, I may close my door and have one in my office. Uh, and everybody knows my door's closed. Just stay the hell away. <laughs> you don't want to interrupt the boss while he's smoking a pipe because you might get the bear might bite you. 
Well, if if I'm in my office and I've got the door closed and I'm smoking a pipe, it means I'm having a really bad day, yeah. and you should just stay away anyway. Funny, I used to keep a bottle of Everclear in my desk drawer, and I still do here at home, and it's for cleaning pipes, but I my my indication to people that I was having a bad day was the bottle of Everclear was up on the desk, so if they walked in and saw that, because I was in smoking <laughs> offices, they knew just, all right, just turn around and go back. Just leave them alone. Uh, <laughs> you know, so I, I probably have six or seven bowls a day, just with my regular day of working and going to the gym and everything else. Yeah. If the weekend is something else that, you know, so that would be just the equivalent of a pipe show sitting and smoking all day. Yeah. And, and, uh, and you don't stop smoking when you go to the gym at home either. No. Well, or, or in the office. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. With a pipe show coming up, do you have a, uh, do you set a budget for yourself? Do you have a target list of pipe makers that you want to see or pipes that you want to look for? Or are you just freewheeling and wild and no. crazy? I, I may set up with uh, a pipe maker um, ahead of time. Let's put something together. Let's make something and I'll see you in Vegas or I'll see you in Chicago, however it was. Uh, I did that with Nate, actually. Um, you know, but there's... No, I, I don't. You know, it, it it has to strike me. I could walk down and see a pipe and say, oh, that's the one I have to have. If I pick up a pipe at a show and I, this is the one, I'll buy it right there. If I put it down and walk away, I'm probably never going to buy that pipe because it didn't grab my attention enough the first time to buy it. See, that's where we're the opposite because uh, I will make a first round all the way around the room and shop and walk the entire room and very rarely will i walk up and grab and buy a pipe unless it's something specific i mean really specific that i have to you know from a couple of makers or something you know really specific i'll make the loop around and then i'll sit there and think all right which ones am i thinking about and then i'll go back and look at them closer and see if they fit my dimensions if they're still there. If they're still there. If they're not there, then I'm relieved because I don't have to worry about that one anymore. Or are you kicking yourself that, you know what, that's the one I really wanted and now I can't have it? Sometimes I am kicking myself and sometimes I am not. But uh, the pipe I'm smoking right now is a little Jody Davis that uh, Chuck Stanion is kicking himself for not getting. And I got it <laughs> on the second day of the show. So, haha, thank you, Chuck Stanion. Uh, you know, Jody Davis, I've been following Jody Davis since he was in Arizona Yeah, uh, years and years ago. Uh, I love his work. Yeah. Uh, and it, yeah, But again, I, I make the second loop around, and then sometimes it's a third loop around, and then I'll think, all right, wait, I've got to, you know, I've got to think about this. Is this a pipe that I'm really going to? So, so you and I are the opposites in that. Uh, will you look for vintage tobaccos or... Or are you, you're so stocked with your own vintage, you don't need to buy somebody else's? You know, I, I can't see. I'm, I'm pretty much done looking for tobaccos. Uh, I, I have a lot of tobacco. I have a lot of tins of tobacco put away. I have tins going back to, you know, Cope's Escudo. I have tins going back to, you know, the original Cornell and Deal tins, you know, the white with the blue labeling. Yeah. You know, when they used to buy it in the five sleeves in that plastic bag, <laughs> you know, I, I have so much tobacco, tins and all, 
uh, I, I probably have a hundred pounds of tobacco in mason jars on the floor over here. Uh, I like the bulk blends. I like the brick and mortar blends. Mm. So for me to go around and look for that one tin to spend $150 on, you know, it, it just doesn't make any sense to me when I have so much tobacco here that I actually really enjoy all the time. So I had the same revelation, uh, especially with my Blakeney's best Acadian ribbon where I can find, uh, at the recent NASPC show, there was three or four out on tables that were for sale for $50, $55 each. And I was like, well, if I bought one more, what's that? that that's going to add, what, one more to my pile? Right. For You know, it's not worth it for the $50, $55. I'll leave it for somebody else who just wants one tin of it. And that's exactly it. Yeah. Right. What, what, I don't need to hoard the tobacco. You know, I I have enough tobacco. I enjoy finding new things and maybe getting a tin or two here and there uh, and putting it away. My, my rule of thumb is with new blends, if I like it, I'll buy six tins, one to open in mason jar, and I'll put the other five away. If I really, really like it, I'll get 11 to put 10 away. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, as far as, you know, looking for those unicorn blends, I, I'm done with that. Yeah. Jay, we will wrap this up with the fast five final questions. No right answer, no wrong answer, just whatever comes to your mind. Are you ready? Go. What is your favorite pipe? Oh, I, I couldn't <laughs> even do it. <laughs> the, whichever one I'm smoking at the time. There you the, go. I just can't do it. And what is your favorite tobacco escudo? Escudo. There you <laughs> go. And you don't know what the current stuff tastes like because you're smoking all the old stuff and... So. I, I have current Escudo. Uh, well, current as of, you know, 2018, 19. Yeah. Uh, what is your favorite drink? Uh, aside from uh, coffee and espresso, I, I, I do like bourbon every now and then. I, I'm not a big drinker drinker. I'm an occasional drinker. Now, you being from Long Island, is your coffee automatically with cream in it? automatically with the cream yeah uh, i like, had do i put cream in my coffee yeah or are you a no, black coffee no, I, I i drink my coffee black you're okay you're a real coffee person all right uh when it's time to relax which i don't think you ever do uh <laughs> do you prefer a book a movie or music uh i'll take a a book over a movie uh rarely music because th th that's what i use at the gym either music or a podcast so that's not for home relaxing and then finally do you have a favorite pipe smoking related memory that we haven't talked about favorite pipe smoking really yeah you know as a kid growing up i think i actually mentioned it on one of my uh posts uh there was a pipe i was getting the one that i had just posted with all the uh cake built up inside you know, I didn't want it. My father said, no, it's a perfect pipe for you. My grandfather said, you'll grow into it. I still have it 35 years later. Wow. Yeah. The Instagram again is J, the letter J, F-U-R-M-A-N-6-3-1. The podcast is The Pipe and Tamper, which is available everywhere podcasts are. And if you're not listening to it, I don't know why. Uh, Jay, thank you very much for coming on and doing this. And you guys keep keep. Seriously, keep doing the good work you're doing with the podcast, and I'll see you in Vegas. Appreciate it, and definitely see you in Vegas. Can't wait. And we'll be back in just a minute. Take a look at your pipe rack. Are all those briars and mirrors constant companions in your rotation? 
Or are there some that you gravitate to more than others? Are there some that you simply don't smoke anymore? Through SmokingPipes.com's estate trade program, you can transform those underused pipes into immediate cash or store credit. Just send us your pipes and we'll unpack, inspect, and evaluate them based on extensive market research and over 20 years of experience. Then, we'll contact you with a detailed offer for your choice of cash or store credit, valid on any items in our vast selection of pipes, tobacco, cigars, and accessories. If you're not happy with our quote, we'll return your pipes free of charge to domestic addresses. It's that simple. Join the thousands of Smoking Pipes customers who have benefited from this program and start your trade today by contacting us at 888-366-0345. That's 888-366-0345. This is Internet Radio. And we are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show. Um, do follow follow Jay on uh, on Instagram because he's a he's a great source of new pipe makers and takes great pictures. And uh, listen to the pipe and tamper because you know hey listen Jay's a great addition to the show makes it uh, makes it more enjoyable when you hear two guys in their uh, you know middle middle age guys chatting um, and that's the beautiful part about podcasts is that there's age and genres for everyone. All right for music uh, this is purely self-serving for me because tonight as this show goes out uh we will be at the guns and roses concert here in charlotte and uh this is uh they they did this cover of live and let die and i just happened to have always really liked it i'm pretty sure i might have played it on the podcast once before but uh you know what you get to hear it again
So I also like the original version of that song, and as you know, as a bit of a Bondite, I guess um, I think that's my favorite Bond theme song. Transmission begins from Money Penny. And remember, comments or questions can be emailed directly to me, Brian at pipesmagazine.com. And if you don't hear back from me or hear it on the show within three, four weeks, well, email me again because. Uh, you know, sometimes it gets caught in the spam filter. If you're looking for a reply from me, keep an eye out for it coming back from my hotmail.com address. So check your spam filter if you haven't gotten a reply there. Or you can do the simplest thing, which is go to pipesmagazine.com and post on the radio shows page right there underneath the comments section. And uh, just like Dino does every week, going back to last week's show uh, with reference to last week's corrected pipe parts. Asking Jeff about what drives him, the most telling comment for me was his take on holding the completed pipe, the physical satisfaction of his craft. Uh, Dino says, I really enjoyed your show report of the NASPC Columbus show. Stefan's music backstory was quite fascinating and wide-ranging. He was a wonderfully well-spoken and entertaining storyteller. Coming Home is a lovely, inspiring song, nicely performed. Profound porcelain privy pants precautions, Mr. Potty Potentate. Potentate. <laughs> uh, thanks for writing that, Dino. Yeah, I should have read that through before. Um, thanks for another fun show, Dino. Uh, you're welcome, Dino. And, you know, the NASPC was so busy that I didn't even get to say hi to Stefan, and he was there. Uh, Casey Ghost says, it was a great show. The report on the NASPC show was really terrific at describing the foot traffic at the show. Jeff and Eddie put a ton of work on to show at on the show as do their army of volunteers was Premal Chetta at this show. Yes, he was. Uh, he was always one of my favorites of the Ohio boys. Stefan was surprisingly youthful. I'd never heard of him, but from his name, I thought he might have been from beyond the sea and a little elderly. Instead, we got a homegrown lad from the deep south. I do wish you or Kevin would at least give us a hint as to the guest's age. I was amazed that this guy realizes that real country music always tells a story. Man, and the songwriters he cited from the countryside that he grew up in with grew up with were Willie Nelson, Merle Haggard, Tom T. Hall, Loretta Lynn, Dolly Parton, etc. Truly great musicians, uh, singers and songwriters. Then he falls in with the blandest music form that has ever been. Oh, there goes Casey Ghost. Uh, and then Casey Ghost says, The potty report would have been complete if you had mentioned, Ladies, please remain seated through the entire performance, and gentlemen, stand closer. The bowl is farther away than you think. Men should definitely take a look around and not be too proud to wipe, not be too proud to wipe up what missed the target. Yeah, thanks. I didn't want to get too far into that. but um, And I have no idea what goes on in the ladies' room, but uh, thank you to Casey Ghost, as always. And uh, Appalachian Piper 92 said, Very cool. Stefan is a great guy. He lives about an hour from me in Georgia, and we finally met at Smitty's last month. Outstanding guy and a great carver. And uh, Martine Romain of... Uh, of the Netherlands says a great interview with Stefan the way he got interested in pipes by finding a treasure in the basement reminded me of how I used to go searching and digging up old clay pipes as a kid I collected them and kept them as my treasure in a shoebox just like Stefan I never imagined I would be a pipe maker someday thanks for a great show as usual and keep up the good work you are very welcome 
And Andy SC83 says, Hi, Brian. The Columbus show sounded like a blast, and it was great hearing Stefan on the show. I had the pleasure of meeting Stefan at the Smitty's show, and after seeing his pipes, I had to buy two of them. To uh, be such a, a new carver, his stuff is just stunning. Funny, uh, funny enough, I just bought another pipe from him a day before this episode aired. I even listened to this episode while smoking some Balkan Supreme in one of the pipes I brought from him at uh, I bought from him at Smitty's show, and uh, Andy put a picture of that in there. So again, comments, questions, email me Brian at pipesmagazine.com. Uh, questions about the Vegas Pipe Show, email me or go on to the VegasPipeShow.com. Read through all the stuff there because all the questions are there, and you can register right there. Uh, early registration benefits end September 10th. So you've got just a few more weeks for that. And again, uh, rant time is coming up next. Since its beginnings in 1876, Savinelli has become more than just a pipe factory. It's become a lifestyle. From sourcing the finest Mediterranean briar and partnering with local artisans to acquire unique accents, to expanding their catalog each year with new innovative series, Savinelli produces high quality Italian pipes that serve as a reflection of your individual tastes. With a portfolio that ranges from rugged designs fit for the outdoors to elegant pieces destined for black tie galas, Savinelli is more than a mark. They're a way to help you make your mark. have a bit of an anniversary coming up around here and that anniversary is coming up and i can't figure out exactly when or why or how because well let's see there's 52 uh there's seven days in a week and then a year is 364 65 days or basically not divisible by seven so you have 52.143 weeks per year and when you do that kind of math in order to get to an even amount, well, you got to go to 14 years before it really maps around and is complete and even. And that's stupid. It's 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 really it's it really is stupid. Uh, shouldn't a we shouldn't a year be equal into weeks and then each month equal? Yeah, you know, it's just too confusing and it's stupid. Um, imagine if you get paid. Uh, if your paycheck comes once a month, well, then there's months with 31 days, and then there's months with 28 days, there's months with 30 days. Uh, and in the meantime, you're getting short paid on some, overpaid on some, and it's because if everybody got paid by the week, well, then you'd have an extra couple of days on the end of each year where you'd have a little bit extra, and the math just doesn't work out evenly. And you would think as we get all computerized and into a binary, you know, 010101 kind of a society, you know, maybe we need to look at reestablishing a seven day week into X amount of months, into X amount, into an equal amount of years. So that way you can then 
calculate anniversaries and everything is balanced and even. I mean, that's basically what the uh, what the metric system did with all weights and measures was made everything based off of the tenth or a ten or a hundred or whatever. Well, now we have this weird years and months and weeks and all kinds of cocked up things that just confuse us at some points and you'd think it somebody might have worked it out you know i don't know maybe we can change the rotation of the earth a little bit just wondering just thinking you know stuff that goes through my mind but hey it's better than more uh bathroom observations so there you go all right comments questions email me brian at pipesmagazine.com uh itunes and spotify ratings and reviews or apple podcasts is much appreciated uh, again i am batching up and gathering up some mailbag material because there's some upcoming travel that will have me uh you know needing that so keep those cards and letters coming kids uh thank you very much to jay for joining me thank you all for tuning in and until next time Who cares about the clouds when we're together? Just sing a song and think about sunny weather. When you're when you're telling these little stories, here's a good idea. Have a point. It makes it so much more interesting for the listener.